0: I would say Saturn return for most people is going to be learning your own authority, learning how to enforce it, learning how to get rid of things in your life that are depleting you or not serving you. Like it's reparenting. A lot of reparenting stuff comes up here. Yeah, mostly you're gonna learn who you are in a very uncomfortable way for a few years.
1: What is going on everybody? Welcome back. And if you're new, welcome to Talks with Griff. I appreciate all of you coming here. Today I have an amazing guest on the other side of the screen. It actually feels like this lady is right here in the room with me. I have Sam Zagar in the seat right now. Now for those of you who aren't familiar with who this woman is, allow me to bestow upon you some of the magic that she does within her day-to-day life. She is a human design, analyst be the correct word to use?
0: No, it wouldn't be because I didn't go to the school and I'm not certified. So I don't refer to myself as an analyst or a reader or a teacher. I don't really know what to call myself half the time other than a splenic projector and come get your guidance. (laughs)
1: Okay, so let's say a guy. I'm always a (laughs) human design guy. Let's go with that.
0: Perfect. Let's do that.
1: Yeah, so we did th- this woman here is a, a human design guide, and I actually haven't had a reading done by her yet. But we actually had a conversation where uh, she got to know a little bit about my chart. She dove into the nook and crannies of my energy and she discovered a lot of beautiful things within that. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Sam, thank you for taking the time to come on the show with me. How are you doing today? How are you feeling?
0: Very, very good. And it was obviously a splenic yes right away when you asked me to come on because we have talked before and well i it's interesting being splenic i don't really get I don't get much for yeses let me rephrase that i had no no i had no no that came up i had no resistance to it um i found every interaction with you to be very appealing i don't know how else to say it but spleen is just like now this is good this is good we can have more of this and when you asked me to talk about totally i really like your voice i was very drawn to your voice and you just mentioned something about that That's part of your you being a projector, you have so much gift with this defined throat, and the podcast is so perfect for you. I'm interested in sharing your space.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And yes, during that time where we uh, we, we spoke a little bit, once I sent you my chart, it was like mm-hmm. a kid on Christmas. You're like, ooh, this is <laughs> this is new. For those of you who don't know, in the human design language, I am a I'm also a projector, but I'm a six-three projector. So what that means is that, you know, the first phase of my life, I'm going to be doing all kinds of crazy shit. I'm going to be trialing and erroring and then more trialing and more erroring. And then at some point in time, I'm probably going to feel like my life is going to collapse, but then I'm going to shine again at some point. But I'm still in the, uh, the phase of the trial and error, but I'm, I would say that I'm on the, the end phase of that. So with you being a projector and with you having just a little bit of the information that you have with my chart, knowing that I'm not only a six-feet projector, but I'm also in the beginning stages of my Saturn's return. What would you say? Yeah, (laughs) it's a as you said, it's a very interesting time. (laughs) What would you Mm -hmm. say is uh, one of the key elements for anybody that is a three-line experiencing the beginning stages of their
0: Saturn's return? Oh, Saturn return. Saturn return hurts. Let me just say, first off, Saturn return hurts. It's going to hurt everybody that goes through it. But it's like a good kind of pain. It's it's the disciplinarian parent. Saturn comes to really, really mess up your life, but only because you've been too slow to take action on it yourself. Like, for example, you know, you're in a really crappy relationship. You're trial and error in your way through all different relationships. Well, you hit Saturn return. If you're in a relationship that is really not good for you, expect it to end. Because Saturn is coming to adjust things so that you are in more alignment. If you if this relationship is holding back your development, some things are going to happen to wake you up to get rid of this relationship. And it, you know, there's loss there, there's grief there, there's a lot of negative things that we'll see. But when everything clears after, you know, when you're 31, 32 and Saturn return is over, you're like, "Oh, I'm really glad that relationship is gone. I'm really glad I went through that experience." It's Saturn return hurts and I can say that it gets easier after that. And one of the other things just looking at the age Saturn return happens at, when we're 29, 28, 30, there's this feeling of maturing that happens. And maybe this feeling of, is this what becoming an adult actually feels like? Because I started referring to Saturn return as like learning to adult. I'm adulting right now. I'm learning to adult. But one of the things that is really interesting to me is we're we're Uranian beings. We live to a roughly 84 year old life expectancy. That's how long it takes Uranus to orbit back throughout your life. But Saturn, Saturn's like 30 years. Saturn was the life expectancy before Uranus. When we only lived to, when you were only expected to live to like 32 years old, we encouraged people to um, start relationships at like 14. Like think way back in the day, like grossly back in the day, women were going to get married and have babies at 14. but That kind of made sense if your life expectancy was 32. Now your life expectancy is 84. So if we followed that same pattern, people shouldn't really be getting into relationships until they're like 40. So if you think about if you've been trial and erroring, and you haven't been quote unquote successful at your relationships maybe yet by the time you're 28, that's totally okay. Like that's totally okay. The idea that we've got things like dating and partners picked out before Saturn return—that's crazy to me. Like. No
1: wonder so many people get divorced. Yeah. I'm not
0: even a grown-up
1: yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're still learning how to father or mother you, the inner child within you, let alone learning how to operate within a relationship with another human being and understand the type of love they receive. And it's the pressure from society too that I find as well when it comes to like, oh, you, you, you're you 28, and everybody has these thoughts. You start thinking, man, uh, you know, the, 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 the devil in disguise. You're scrolling through IG. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, damn, that looks good. Oh my God. And then like, you're just sitting here thinking about your life, like, "Mm, is that going to happen for me? Am I doing the right thing? Does this align with something that I truly care about? Does this person align with me? These questions come up a lot during this time and they they have come up a lot during this time for me as well. But what I find what continues to help me more so because of the human design is something that you posted as well that I've been learning about is one, my innocence motivation, Mm -hmm. and two, the the recognition and invitation. Just because I'm not being invited to do something or recognized to be in a relationship with this amazing person doesn't mean that I'm not prepared for it. During that time of the non-invitation that's the term I use to prepare myself. I begin to shift the perspective that's in my mind. So most people say that that's deconditioning. I would say that as well, because the opposite of the innocence motivation is my desire. So if I have this burning desire to want to be successful and be in alignment and have this amazing relationship, I'm doing the complete opposite of that by continuing to push that energy away from me. So during the early stages of my status return, I find it's easy for me to do a lot of resting and just a lot of preparation. Like if I don't feel like reading or if I don't feel like, or if there's nobody that I want to invite onto the show, I'm just not going to do it because I won't be my full authentic self. You see what I'm saying? But it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I'm behind as well. But thank you for that answer too. I really enjoyed that answer. It's beautiful. beautiful. Um, what did you, I would say that you're on the, well, you've completed your status return, yes, already? So, yeah. Now that you're on the back end of it, looking back, you know they say hindsight is twenty-twenty. <laughs> <laughs> See that laugh right there is enough within itself. <laughs> um, we play it like a movie. You know what? You 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 have the plot. You have the, the the part of the movie that is the I don't know why this word is escaping me. It's where the shit happens in the movie where you're like okay, conflict. That's the word conflict, uh-huh. and then you know you have a resolution. So what? kept you grounded during that time what was something that really kept you level-headed that kept you in a um a space of knowing versus desiring and i also think you found the human design during that time too as well so i'll let you explain a little bit about that
0: i did find human design at the beginning of saturn return um it was oh there's an insane there's an insane amount to unpack here I can't say that I spent all of Saturn Return in a complete career transition. I was I was a stay at home mom for three years, first three years of Maven's life, and then at twenty seven, I didn't know Human Design. I didn't know about Saturn Return, but I was nearing uh, seven years with Maven's father, and that was the end of that seven year cycle. There is something about projectors. You know, we master systems, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the systems that we try to master is other people. So you will see a lot of projectors in seven-year relationships because they're willing to give it that much time to try and master the system or the person. And if they can't, they'll finally let it go. So seven years in, I let it go. It was not for me. I just this this pushing feeling on me that said, um, honestly, it was kind of like dying. Not It sounds melodramatic because there's nothing wrong with my health but my spirit was dying. My soul was dying. I was completely unrecognized. Um, I was with a manifesting generator. My son's a manifesting generator. I was like fully being drained all day, every day. I was running a farm. Um, well, I, I was pursuing things that I thought were supposed to make me feel really good. Every time I acquired the thing that was supposed to make me feel good, get married, Have a baby. I really wanted this farm. Um, They just, they were, I don't know, unsatisfactory. I kept, it honestly was just the thought, I meant for so much more.
1: Yes, I completely agree with that.
0: So I decided I was going to get divorced, but I didn't have any money. And that was a problem for me. So I got into the weed industry. And within two years, I was uh, running trim crews. And I was just working for 30 bucks an hour in an illegal industry, long, long days. And while I was starting to finally make some money so that I could do things like pay for my house for me and my son, now that I was separated. um, It was like, that was also killing me too. So it was like, why did I leave my marriage to get into this other life that was actually like killing me worse? Because I was still in the survival mode. So now I'm in Saturn return and I'm just in survival. I started another company. Um, it was a wildcraft craft herbal company. I see so much of my design in that business, but again, very physical labor-based, not, not quite right, but it led me to talk to people about health a lot. And, you know, one thing kind of keeps leading to another. And I found human design on a podcast one day and thought whatever they're talking about for this human design thing feels like, like an extra level or step that's missing from a lot of mainstream things. Like I I was in, I was really into psychology. It was a psych podcast, but then human design came in and it was kind of like, what? Oh, oh, what, what, what? There's more detailed ways to look at people. There's whole systems to look at people differently. It's not just as simple as like, we're not getting along. It's like, there's so many reasons why we're not getting along. There's so many reasons why this type of job is hard for this person. This type of communication is hard for this person. I started to look at education, relationships, politics, and go, Could these all be better if there was this human design thing involved? Why does it feel like this is like the cherry on top that nobody knows about? And then it was like a complete game changer. I just, I was all in. Everything I read was like falling in love. But not with a person. With like an awareness. It was falling in love with an awareness. And just knowing that the deeper I go, the more in love I'm going to get. It's that relationship where like you, you're all in, but it's with this system. Mm-hmm. And when you realize you have your own authority, that's the greatest thing the system teaches you. I think it's the greatest thing that the system teaches you is you have your own authority because there's so much, I think I should do this. I was told to do this. It makes people happy if I do this. I'll be smarter if I do this. I'll be better liked. I'll be more taken care of, like whatever your motivation is. Authority was the only thing that gave me something to actually anchor into. And when Saturn return happens, your whole life turns into a kind of a mess. So you're really looking for something to anchor you in. And authority was like the only thing. So it really led me to splenic authority. And it takes a long time to unpack what your authority is. It's never going to be as simple as like you read it. Now you know what your authority is. and Now you're just going to go make correct decisions. Most of us don't have like the confidence or boundaries to enforce what our own authority is. Yes. I would say Saturn return for most people is going to be learning your own authority, learning how to enforce it, learning how to get rid of things in your life that are depleting you or not serving you. Like, it's reparenting. A lot of reparenting stuff comes up here. But Yeah, mostly, you're going to learn who you are in a very uncomfortable way for a few years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that so much. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a bit... <laughs>
0: Yours is fresh.
1: (laughs) It's very fresh. It's like I just finished the tip of the cocoon and now I'm just okay. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm in the darkness. I was talking to a friend of mine and I told him about the cocoon thing. He's like, Yeah, man, it's tightly knitting this bitch too. (laughs) 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 There's no wiggle room (laughs) at all. Yeah, it's like, Well, if it's tightly knit, let's go on and get a cozy up in there as well. Thank you for for sharing that. I appreciate that. before we go any further, just briefly break down the human design for people who are unaware of what it is, the system that it provides, and how it can help them, and then we'll continue on with the conversation, because we already can feel us going deep into it, and everybody has that million of question, like, what is this human design thing that they're speaking What is about? it? <laughs> yes. Okay,
0: so... I have. I'm consciously aware that I'm so deep in at this point. I have to like pull myself up a few levels to talk to normal people. So I'm like, okay, back up, back up, back up. They don't know human design. They know your podcast. They've just heard about human design. What is this even? Then how do you explain it to people? I have heard some hilarious descriptions of human design, and they're they're fluffy. Some of them are fluffy. I'll give you that. Um, human design ultimately is best understood as a it feels like a personality typing system. It feels like if you're going to do like Myers-Briggs on a really jacked up kind of level, but it's taking into consideration your genetics and it's taking things like the positioning of the planets, but predominantly because they filter something called the neutrino stream and the neutrino stream is put out by stars. It Im- oh. Oh, there's so many different directions I could go in with this. Ultimately, your stars put out neutrinos. Neutrinos are subatomic particles and like they're smallest that we understand them. They move slightly slower than the speed of light, which is how we figured out that they carry mass. If they were the same speed of light, they wouldn't be carrying anything, but they're a little bit slower, which means there's a little bit of weight involved in them. But what is the weight? They're picking up information from everything they collide with but they don't necessarily collide as much as they pass through things. And every time they pass through something, there's an impression of information that gets picked up. So if a neutrino comes from the sun and it passes through Venus before it gets to you, it picks up an impression of Venus, but it's also going to pick up an impression of you when it goes through you. And then it's going to move on to something else. So they continually move things. They're like tiny, tiny, tiny cosmic messengers. Now, human design believes that it knows what the messages are. So this is, this is where it gets, um, <laughs> there's a lot of room for arguments here, right? Mm-hmm. We get more into philosophy here. But the idea is that the neutrino stream is constantly imprinting in us and we're having experiences like the neutrino stream can activate mental definition. It can activate a gate, which activates a gate in your head center, which turns on your mental definition, which gives you an experience of having definition you're not usually used to. But you're not that neutrino. I don't want you to identify with the information that you've picked up. I want you to look at it. I want you to inspect it. I want you to consider it. I want you to not take everything in your life personally. This is hugely what human design is going to do. You're not going to take everything personally in your life because you're going to understand that you are being influenced by people relationships stars planets you're constantly being bombarded with information around you which is why you got given an authority so you know how to navigate this bombarding of information all around you but there's so much to learn here there's so much to learn here about what human design even is how does it help you how does it define you i mean literally that could be my entire career let alone five minutes on a podcast but It's a system that's going to explain how you're crafted. If you are a building that had an architect, these are your plans. This is how you were made. This is how I can expect this structure to be when I go inside of it, right? Like there's, um, I can decorate inside of you. And that's what it is to like meet transits, to meet other people. We could decorate your house any way we want. But the architecture is the same, you know, and it was designed by something. I don't know what would design it. You know, I don't get into into God talk because I really have no opinion here. But there's a design of something. We're designed some way, but now we have a bit of a, like a map to be able to understand it. It doesn't mean we necessarily understand it right away. We're going to have to talk about it for a long time. We're going to have to get philosophical for a long time. We're going to have to experiment for a long time. I have no idea if that was even relevant to what you wanted to know from me.
1: No, that that's okay, though. That, that That is perfectly okay, because I find that even with me, when it comes to my chart, when I look at it, I understand the foundation of it. But just as you said, there's another layer, then there's another layer, then there's another layer. There's always, and the way that I look at it is just, I'm just peeling back this onion to get to the core of who I've been my entire life, and in the sense that onion that I'm peeling back is just the years of decon the years of conditioning and programming that has encapsulated the the, the pebble this this bright little star that's me, all this shit has just like compounded on top of it. And then the human mm-hmm. design is it comes in very, very detailed. Like, uh, I don't know the name of the tool specifically, but it's like marble and then it's, uh, it's like the, the, the Greeks, they just start sculpting it out. But no sculpture is the same. Like you, mm-hmm. just like you and I, we're both projectors, but they, you you, you might have a little bit more detail over here uh, in, in the lower abdomen section. And over here, I might have a little bit more detail in uh, the defined throat area, but everybody's completely different. And so it. Looking at it at first, most people are like, What are these lines? What are these colors? What is a projector? One, three. Well, what, what the hell is one, three? Well, what does that even mean? You know, and, and then like, it's just that within itself at face value. Just that is something that someone could look at for three months and just study their design specifically on that. How do you operate fully as a projector? What does it mean to be a one, three? and your emotional authority is, let's say for an example, for me, I'm a, um, I have an emotional authority. I would say I spent maybe about a solid two weeks, even at my nine to five job, if I'm not doing anything, emotional authority, and I would just read. And then and within reading it, I would replay out instances in my life where that I either used it or I didn't use it. And I, I'm, I'm. it's not necessarily a feeling that I get within, my gut it's more of like it's like as you said if i if nothing comes up that says no, then it's correct. You see what I'm saying, mm-hmm. so it's it and it's it's gonna be different for everybody, you know for those of you that are listening, I really invite you all to you know go on just, just find any human design site and type in your information and just look at it you know obviously, Sam is here to help you is help guide you through the process of really getting to the details of what it means to know your design and ultimately it's interesting because you're going to keep finding yourself coming back to it you know you, you will always come back to it it's something that won't ever leave you because it is you if you're ever questioning you acting like somebody else or you not operating correctly let me look at my chart and see what it says about my authority let me see what it says about my motivation let me see what my uh what is it called um Richie will get it, but you all get what I'm saying. Like, just just take a look at it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It is, it is extremely interesting.
0: There's something I think I want to talk about with you, uh, specifically about being a projector. Okay. W- Earlier on, you were talking about um, preparing. You know, if the invitation's not there, then you need to prepare. And you're right. We use language in we use language that says projectors need to wait for the invitation. Wait for the invitation. Wait for the invitation. It's funny because, like, that's not really what we want you to do. But that is the language that we started with because the language we start with is abrupt so that it gets your attention. It's like getting a big hand to the face that says, Stop, wait, stop. Because the point here is to stop a lot of projectors. Stop doing. Stop what you're doing. Literally, stop what you're doing because you're probably doing something because you're probably trying to be a generator. Stop for a second when you do stop. And then we say, Wait for the invitation because we want you to get ready for the fact that you don't get to take action. Something is, there's a pause that needs to happen. We want to get you used to this pause. But when I first found human design, the idea of waiting for recognition and an invitation created a really big problem for me. And I think it creates a really big problem for a lot of people. Because if you are a projector who already has inherently low self-worth, this is going to put you in a victim position where you're going to use your low self-worth to stay in this lack of invitation thing. You're going to not take action on things in your own life. You're going to suddenly feel like you're not allowed to move in any direction because nobody's invited you. And if nobody's inviting you, then people must be rejecting you. You must not be worth inviting. There's all of this negative about I'm not good enough to be recognized. I'm not good enough for the invitation yet. I need to work more on myself. Um,
1: no. You can turn the soul. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: I think there's a, few, there's a few things with projectors that once we can get them to stop, wait, we have their attention, I want to explain a few different things to them. There's a lot that has to do with consent around being a projector. I, re- I really want to shift the conversation to be more about consent because that's something that is very commonly talked about now. You are someone who has a penetrating aura. And I literally, I have to be so careful when I talk now because I've messed this up. It's so many, I have called projectors, penetrators by accident so many times. I'll be like, so you're a penetrator. I'm like, Jesus, you're a projector. Okay. <laughs> now, I, this, is, this is fantastic. Think about yourself. Like you've got a three foot erection and you're walking around life constantly. Your entire life, you've been walking around with a three foot erection and you've been poking people with it. And they're like, excuse me?
1: Yeah. What are
0: you doing with that Nobody
1: asked for this, sir.
0: Nobody <laughs> asked for this. Exactly. Um, Raw, Raw gave a quote one time and it's, it's abrasive, but he said, meeting a projector is like someone waving a gun in your face.
1: There's mm-hmm. nothing else
0: they can do about it. You're mm-hmm. like, get the thing out of here. But if they're looking at you, they can't point it in any other direction. hmm We are, we penetrate into people. It's uncomfortable for us and it's uncomfortable for them sometimes, but like we can't help it, right? Like wherever this thing is pointed, it's going in. That's why we use the lighthouse analogy. Mm
1: -hmm. Shining
0: the light in somebody's eye. But it's not just as uncomfortable as like, oh, that's blinding. It's as uncomfortable as like, do you have consent to penetrate into my aura right now? So with projectors, I talk a lot about social cues. Projectors really just need to learn social cues. Yes, we want like if you're really like if you're really not good at this stuff, we are gonna want you to look for like recognition and invitation that sounds like, hey, I noticed you're really good at this. Would you be interested in doing this thing? It might have to be that literal for you in the beginning. But then we notice we've been doing it our whole lives. And if we pay attention to social cues, okay, I walk into a coffee shop and you're already sitting down at a table. If you continue sitting down at this table, you're doing your work and you never look up at me. You're not the person I should go and ask if I can sit at your table with you. If I walk into the room and I notice off in the corner, someone looks up at me, gives me a bit of a smile, and then they go back down to their work, I'm going to naturally feel a lot more comfortable approaching that person and say, hey, do you mind if I have a seat and work beside you over here? Because there's an awareness, there's an acknowledgement, there's an energetic exchange, there's a social cue. We made eye contact. Now, I have to be careful here because, I mean, eye contact is not just an invitation. We can also get into issues with consent and stuff there. But as a projector, it's more important that, one, you recognize yourself. You think, what do I have, like, my own invitation for? You're born a projector, right? You're born with an invitation to guide people. It's natural for you. This is what it is. Your chart is your first invitation. You have a defined throat. You have an invitation to talk. You have a defined solar plexus. You have an invitation to take your time on your decisions. These are invitations for you. Now. What you don't have an invitation for is to insert yourself in somebody else's life, in somebody else's business. We don't, we get rejected very quickly when we do that without invitation. So let's say you want, um, you're a, you're a, I don't know, give me a career thing. Give me something people do for work.
1: Something people do for work, um, creating an an app, a new app, a new social media app.
0: Okay, wonderful. You are going to, you're an app developer. If you're a projector, I don't want you going to a bunch of tech companies and asking to speak to the manager and saying, Hey, I'm so-and-so, and I'm really good at what I do. And you're going to want to hire me in your business. Because you know what? There is, there is advice like that for people in the world. You want a job? You got to stand out. You got to pursue that. You have to make yourself known. You got to stand out above the crowd. You got to... You know how horrendous that would go for a projector that wasn't invited? Oh my God. So for us, we think like where... Where's the invitation with somebody else? If it's somebody else's company that I want to go work for, I need to be seen so that I can be invited in to work for them. I want that exchange to exist there. But let's say I just want to develop my own app. And someone tells me I'm a projector that needs an invitation. And I was so set to go just developing my own app because I'm in love with this thing. I'm in love with the system. I'm in love with whatever I'm doing here. Someone might come along and go, well, did anybody recognize you and tell you that you should be starting your own business? Oh no, I didn't have an invitation to start my own business. Who the fuck invites other people to start their own business, right? Like there's exactly. there's such a disconnect there. If you're a projector wanting to do something in your own life, go for it. You have autonomy, you have an authority, you have mm-hmm. a way to navigate this, go for it. But if you're going to put yourself in somebody else's life, you're you're going to need an invitation. Don't
1: have to without
0: invitation.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, this three foot aura pole just walking around with, like, it's, it's not good. And it's, I have felt like that the majority of my life. Like I noticed it in the gym, you know, the, the gym has become the, the modern day club scene, if you will. So me being as bougie as I am, as aiii <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm I'm chewing gum. Headphones in. I'm always smelling good, gym cologne on. But then I'm also like and your you know,
0: smell I, cognition too, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so like I'm, you know, I'm in my zone. But then I'm also operating or viewing how I'm moving objectively. So obviously, the gym scene isn't really a scene where that you would approach a woman, either to a help her whatever it is that she's doing, or let her alone try you know quote her or get a number or anything like that. But I also know that I have resting bitch face too. Like I'm just sitting here talking to you. So like, I, I'm just, I'm just telling. So most people that don't know me, they'll say, do you ever smile? Are you mad all the time? What's wrong with you? What's going on with you? So in the sense of inviting someone in or picking up on social cues to be invited in, it, because I'm intense, it's a challenge for me because I, I'm not really sure if one that should take the step toward this or two, let it play out in the sense of this person coming towards me. And the reason for that is because any time I've taken action towards something, desire, on the outside of innocence, it's always slapped me in the face. So now I'm like, okay, hold on, pause. Let's just chill out for a little bit. Let's just train my brain to look for social cues. Train my brain to, to show people that, no, I'm not this axe-holding, mongling (laughs) demon that's just in here and then I'm out. Let's just show people, you know, that that I can smile, that I can crack jokes, that I'm a human being at the end of the day. But that also still is a process within itself. So that is something that I have been observing lately in regards to invitations, especially in regards to, I guess you can say business in a sense. Like, I don't really assert myself in any way. I see it as like my energy is so profound. If you really want me there to show the value that I have, you'll let it be known. There's not anything that I have to do. As you said, like that as projectors, as being a projector, there's not anything that I have to do. It's removing the idea of me feeling like I need to do something and then also operating from the authority as well. It's really complex, but I like the unfolding of it too.
0: Have you... Have you ever been in a romantic relationship with another projector?
1: Maybe. I don't even know. Let me think about it. See, I haven't, I have to ask them, but in regards to the last three, they've all been generators. One was a generator and two were manifesting generators. Uh, I have to find out what my mom is because nine times out of ten, she may be a generator. Because, you know, they come from that era of grind, 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 work, work, work. And then you throw me in the mix and I'm like, let me just sleep. Like, I'm not even needed <laughs> for that long. <laughs> like, let me get up. Oh, you, I promise you, you'll need me for like 20 minutes and then after that, your whole life will change. But I really got to get this now. <laughs> so so the, the last three have been, uh, yeah, manifesting generator and the generator. Yes.
0: Okay. So it's dating is a really, really, really interesting topic for human design. We not only have... All of our own regular social programming that will tell us that um, classically the masculine pursues the feminine. But then we also r- worked really hard to shift that where, like, anybody can pursue anybody. But then here comes human design again to be like, actually, there are some pursuing recommendations. Let's call them that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, you're definitely going to have more generators, more manifesting generators. Come at you because they're, I mean, they're going to pursue you. They're going to come on to you a little bit stronger. And it's going to be obvious that they're more into you.
1: One was a projector. My apologies. Didn't mean to cut you off. Oh. One, one was a projector, but she had, she has two defined, she, um, her root is defined and her spleen is defined. Everything else is open. And she's a two five. Right.
0: Splenic pressure projector with a rare profile
1: mm-hmm.
0: now the start of that relationship was it very different from the start of the other ones
1: yes <laughs> it, it
0: was it different in the sense that it felt more flirtatious more maybe shy more drawn out more complimenting more almost more friendly but like with a pole
1: yes very accepting like i've been here before
0: Yeah. When projectors get into relationships with each other, it's fascinating because we're inviting each other in an indirect way back and forth. And you almost don't realize what's happening until you're in a relationship with them. And you're kind of like, oh, that's what recognition back and forth for a few weeks does. I guess we're just together now. This feels really good. Okay. (laughs) It's, yeah, like when I think about projectors trying to date... I would always say like you're likely the one going to be pursued and that will be correct unless you find another projector in which case Mm -hmm. it's an interesting dance of who pursues who, which is why it's kind of like shy and flirtatious because no one really knows like, am I being too forward? Am I not being seen? Am I making myself available? But I really like this person, but I want to give them more. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Whereas it's, and they're a little bit more respectful of boundaries. Another projector is going to understand that you're going to have a little bit less energy or you're not necessarily going to be in the mood for this right now. Um, I mean, yeah, they're just, they function differently. When you're in a relationship with a generator, you're dealing with a more magnetic aura. Like when you're with your projector, you feel really seen. It can feel really intense. It can feel really deep. When you're with a generator, it might feel more adventurous more like literally life-giving more alive it generally just feels more alive yeah more vivacious
1: it's like uh at any point in time of a volcano can erupt and you're like okay i'm okay with this This is okay now well,
0: that's your mani gen we're referring to now <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> probably because that's the most recent one yeah it but, but it's it's the, the balance that we bring to the table with, with them being a manager and me being a projector is like they they're always up here and I just come in soaring, like, oh, you know, we're cool. And like that, that, <laughs> that subtle energy kind of calms the volcano, but at any point in time, it can erupt. That, and that's okay. You know, that, there's nothing wrong with that. And you're right. I do feel that the generators tend to see that penetrating energy, know that it's different. And I'm like, you, they, they just throw the fish line out there. And then you might, mm-hmm. us, we projectors, oh, what's that? No, we're not going to worry about that. Because we, <laughs> we, we don't really know. You know what I mean? We're not really paying that much attention to it until a manager walks up in front of you, like, hey, I've been watching you <laughs> totally. You
0: come with me. There is also like um, there's an there's an energetic exchange. There's there's a reciprocal exchange happening here. We have to think why are why are we motivated to connect with the other types? What do we get out of it? When you connect to someone who is sacral, you literally get life force energy. It will help you grow things. And there's so much. Um, we we refer to sacral so much as like the workforce on the planet, the worker energy, the productive energy but it's it's not just like it's not just movement it's not just being productive it's not just like using the energy for something it's meant to grow things it's i would honestly would feel more comfortable referring to generators as gardeners versus workers because there's a growth element required here they give life force energy so as a non-sacral being we're really attracted to them because they're vivacious they give us life they feed us but what are you giving them what's your value your value is your attention that that penetrative eyesight it's attention um and i can validate this for you when i say to you that there are relationships and i don't just mean romantic i mean friends colleagues whatever There are relationships that you have participated in where at some point you recognize i'm not getting anything out of this so you cut off the relationship And that person who was not giving you any attention before, which is why you cut off the relationship, suddenly is angry with you that you have pulled your attention away from them. And you're like, what? I didn't even know that you like knew about me. I was feeling starved over here. That's why I closed the portal. And then they suddenly come in like, you don't care and you're a bad person and how can you abandon? And you're like, where did this come from? And it's because your value is in your attention. Mm -hmm. If there is ever a time when you're not getting what you want from somebody, Take your attention away from them. It is the most valuable thing. You make people feel seen. Stop paying attention to them. They'll all come running back to you. But projectors have done this the opposite way. We're in this victim mindset that's like, please see me, please hear me, please look at me. What, what do you need from me? How can I give you everything I have so that you recognize me, so that you see me? How can I totally over you in self-sacrifice so that you see me and that you recognize me? And that is like, that's gross. That's a gross unloading of your energy. You don't recognize your own value there. What I want is for projectors to go, shit, nobody recognizes or sees me here. Well, I guess no one will notice if I piss off them. But What do you do? You piss off and people notice. Where'd you go? You don't pay attention to us anymore. And then you see all of the people that were sucking on you, looking for your attention. And now you know the power that you had in that relationship.
1: Wow. Yes. Yes. Not even in a relationship sense too. In a, and like you said, in, in, in a room, you know, you, a projector walks in, most people know like this person got the power. And then right when they leave, they're like, hey, where, where'd the power go type of thing? They're not looking at me
0: anymore.
1: Yeah. it's when you, when you learn, and I just went through this lesson as well, establishing healthy boundaries, it's critical for us because the conditioning is exactly what you said. See me, see me. Why doesn't anybody see me? Rejection, bitterness, rejection, bitterness. Until one day, like, I'm, I'm that woman. I got it. I know I got it. Because mm-hmm. people have shown me that I have it and I've shown myself that I have it. Let me see something real quick. Let me just move you over there. 24 hours later.
0: Bloop, 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 bloop,
1: bloop. Oh, this is how this works. Let me just move this over a little bit longer. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. So it's by us doing that, that's a direct disrespectful act to who we truly are. Now I spoke about this yesterday. Like when it comes to cultivating your energy and remaining in that energy, you owe it to yourself to protect it. If nobody, if you have to fight for somebody to see you or recognize you, you're all, like if you got to put on the boxing gloves, you're already wrong. Like like you you, there is nothing that we have to do for somebody to be like you're different. Come take this walk with me. You're like, mm, do I want to take this walk? Do I feel okay? All right, let's go down. Let's take this walk. Let's see what's going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Accurate description, very accurate.
0: There's also, <laughs> I love, I like taking old popular sayings and redoing them through human design. Um, like projectors, one I love, old 50 saying, speak when spoken to. That's like, when you hear that, you're like, oh, that sounds so like oppressive and nobody seen. But with projectors and especially projectors with undefined hearts. This is huge for projectors with undefined hearts. Yeah, speaking to you right now. <laughs> Old you will have this narrative that goes, does anybody hear what I have to say? Does anybody fucking care what I have to say? Does anybody recognize me and see the value in what I have to say? Will you listen to me? Maybe if I talk louder, those people will hear me. Maybe if I jump into this conversation, those people will hear me. Nobody's listening. But if somebody speaks to you first and you you react in the conversation, you've been recognized to contribute to the conversation. When you speak, everybody's listening. So I have changed this to, instead of going, are you listening? Will you please hear me? I changed the narrative to, I don't have a ton of energy. All right. Whatever I'm about to say to you, it's going to take energy for me. Are you worthy of the energy I'm about to use in my body to share these words with you? I'm not talking for nothing. I don't need to help you. I don't need to talk to you. Why am I doing this? What am I trying to prove here? That I'm smart, Mm -hmm. that I'm worthy, that I always have the answers, that I'm a good person, that I'm like, what am I? No, nah, not worth the energy. Unless you tell me, like recognize me, then whew, yeah, so happy to share all oh, my. Then I God, got you. With you. Yes, I got yes. you. Totally, exactly. There's yeah, the speak when spoken to now. um Oh, there's. Oh, oh, it just disappeared from my head. It'll come back in in thirty seconds. Move along.
1: <laughs> See the undefined heart within me. That has been something that has been challenging for all of my days on this planet, all of my, I say it as like, I'm 102, but it, it is something that has been one of those things where it's like, man, like I've, I've had to, I've sat down and I've answered those undefined questions and I've, and I've meditated on them, like, especially within the heart, like, why, why am I doing this? Like, what well, what do I need to prove? And do I need to prove something? Because I feel like I haven't received the attention and recognition from my parents. And recently that has been the case for me. So what I've learned to do within that sense is exactly what you said, as though I I'm intentional and I'm very selective with who I choose to give this energy to. I can't help that I'm walking around with this three-foot erection. It's just here. It's <laughs> going to be give you attention help.
0: for sure. Yeah, it'll give, me, <laughs>
1: it'll give me attention for sure, but I can be selective with who I choose to pierce into, knowing that I don't have that much energy. So that is something that is it. It is challenging having an undefined heart. And some people like to refer to it as the ego as well, which that is something that's been challenging for me, which is just conditioning and programming from generators that says the only way for you to be successful is to do this, 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 and this, and then you'll be successful. I have found out that within my personal training business recently, that it didn't pan out how I thought it was going to. Was I better for a little bit? Hell yeah, I was better. I was like, yo, I invested this much money. This shit didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ah. And then I'm like, okay, maybe there's something else here. What did I learn from this? How did it make me a better man? How did it make me a better person? How did I become more aware? And what can I use to shift this perspective, to to speak about things that I truly enjoy? So it, And that was operating from ego as well. You know, constantly pushing out content that's not authentic to me to try and gain recognition and be seen because it's what they tell me I have to do. It's, it's very conflicting when you don't sit with yourself enough to be like, this doesn't feel good. I feel like I'm whoring myself out for recognition and invitations. I don't like it.
0: Oh, I love it. you use that word. I really, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to make some noise on your podcast while I adjust. It's okay. I'm sitting. Okay. I'm really glad you used that word. How do you, how do you determine the price of anything that you do as a totally open heart? Because you, you just used a word that talked about really when someone doesn't recognize their own value, I think Mm -hmm. you're working for way less than you should be. you are giving yourself away. What are we giving away? What do we think is actually worth? How do you put a price on that? Like when we think about ego center, man, ego is such an, interesting word to put on the heart center because of like, what is our own attachment to what ego means? And what is the heart even for? There's this like, there's this reductionary idea that the heart is the place where you get your self-worth from. And if you have a defined heart, you got a bunch of self-worth. And if you have an undefined heart, you don't have any self-worth. And I can tell you as a defined heart person, I don't have this automatically like higher unshakable self-worth feeling. I don't have this like extreme confidence in myself, but I do have an understanding that when push comes to shove, I have a strength of character that isn't going to fail me. When it comes to providing for now, I know it's called tribal circuitry, but I also know a lot of people have an issue with the word tribe or tribal. So mm-hmm. I can change that language to inner circle if it suits the listener better. Mm-hmm. We can call it inner circle circuitry. Honestly, I just always think of like meet the Fockers when I think about, are you in the ring of trust?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, I liked it. Honestly,
0: this is, this is how I look at tribal circuitry. I changed it to inner circle for myself. And I think of it as like, oh, are you in my inner circle of trust? Are you in, Are you in the family? is kind of what it comes down to. Mm. Are you what I consider to be my people, my community, my family, my support network? Who am I responsible for? I'm responsible for my son. There is um, an awareness of what my inner circle is. There's an awareness of what I need willpower to get me through so that I can provide for my inner circle. I provide for myself so that I can provide for my inner circle. My only channel is the channel of surrender, but it often gets called um, a channel of sales or marketing or entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who look at my design and think that it's very based around money. And there is an easier access for me to make money here with this heart definition, but it's because it's giving me will to work for my inner circle. I'm the mom who has a really strong feeling of, I need to provide for my son. I need to make sure that these needs are met. I have the power and the responsibility to do this. Now I will work very hard for someone in order to get compensation to take care of my inner circle. And I have noticed um, over the last year, I've been able to make more money than I ever have in my life. Not any grand amount, but more money than I have before. So I've been more comfortable over the last year. And when I get more money, it's fascinating. I want to start another area of my business to uh, hire my generator neighbor. I have another MG neighbor who's on disability and I get him to help me with lots of things around my property. Um, I want to take my son and his friends out for ice cream into the playground. I spend my money very locally, very community supportive. That's one of my motivations here is I have no interest in ego ambition in the sense of like my own material success. I have an interest in using my money to support my community, to support, mm-hmm. yeah, my, my family, ultimately. And this is a lot of, like, that's ego. That's tribal circuitry. And so when we're constantly looking at the heart center, only from the perspective of, like, I have an ego, or I have high worth, or um, I don't have any of this. It's like, eh, you know, the defined heart, where we can bridge this a little bit, is it can make promises. Yours shouldn't. You, you don't have a sacral center. And you have an undefined Mm. heart. The idea that you would ever get married to somebody is laughable to me. Because that's a commitment. And I promise to be with you until whatever. It's crazy arrogant to think that you can pull that off.
1: See, Now that's
0: not to say that you can't be with someone forever. But you can't mm -hmm. promise that in the beginning and know it to be true.
1: That is interesting that you say that. Because I experienced something of that. I experienced something just like that in 2020. My ex, um, it was a very, very, it was a tense situation. And I was packing up my life to move to Germany. She wanted to come along. And everything in me was like, "Mm, there's some things that I need to experience on my own. Just suggest some things that you need to experience on your own. And I have seen that I have tried to play grandfather in your life by guiding you without being invited to or asked for that guidance it's not my responsibility to walk you through these lessons and I went back and forth with her on I'm going to marry you I'm not going to marry you I'm going to marry you I'm not going to marry you knowing deep down that I wasn't about to make that decision right then and it was hard it was hard as hell but I I knew that there was just some things that she needed to experience on her own without me, just as there are some things that I need to experience on my own without her, not in regards to romance, but in regards to our individual transcendence, our own evolution. And it's not for me to try and like mold her or force her into that. So it's interesting that you bring that up. You say this laughable. I'm like, Ooh, she went there. Um, (laughs) But as you were talking, I, I have your chart here too. And I, this is, I've looked at it a few times, but speaking specifically on the ego, I noticed that it, it's connected directly to the spleen. Like, and yeah, I would say that you're you're really open, as they would say in the human design, but within me, like I'm very defined as well. So I, I can kind of understand why with you having this defined heart, you all the you are the way that you are now, even with the the conversation that we had before, just with learning a little bit about your past and seeing how you operate with Maven, it's like, yeah, she is free flowing. You know, she's fun, you know, witty, coy, very determined based on what it is that she's doing because she, her will is centered towards the collective and it plays out based on how you take care of people within your own business as well, within your community. So it is something that I've noticed that, and even within your IG lives as well, like I've been able to pick up on how, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily stern, but it's really it's grounded and it's direct. <laughs> it's really I can be direct. authoritative when I talk. <laughs> you can be, yes, you can be. There's some most of the time it's more of like a unless it's a really serious topic, you kind of just go along with the flow. But if it's really dense, if like you really need to, if you're going at it with somebody, then that that shift does happen for sure.
0: You can definitely tell I'm a mom sometimes. There's a there's a mom <laughs> voice that comes out. I think there was the end of like one IGTV video I did where I was like, "Look, and if the comments get out of hand, I will be removing this. You will be in the DMs only. Am I understood?" And at the end of that video, I was like, "I am talking to my audience like they're fucking children." <laughs> but honestly, they kind of act like it sometimes.
1: Sometimes you have to do that, but you know, you that separation in that respect. You know, this I like to call them the universe police know, they just like they're,
0: they're,
1: <laughs> they're in the comments and so it's really. like they they those people, you know, bless their souls. But those but people. yes, I would man, just that that, and like I said, like with me being so defined, I feel like I have the the three or three of the major centers within design undefined that are very, very profound at the same time. You know, but I feel like it also, me not having that defined heart is made up by me having that G center because it's it's always a knowing of what I'm here to, knowing that I'm here to do something that is beyond me, not having that ego defined as the how, in a sense. So I'm always kind of, you know, two feet planted, but can sometimes still operate from like, I need, I need, I need, I must, I must, I must, I must I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to. So, but I, I, I've retracted that a little bit because I've had to, it's not healthy at all.
0: Hmm, you know, it's interesting that I find it interesting when you say that for you, the heart, like you're going to translate that more over to the G. And if we look at um, the seven chakra system, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: the G and the heart were combined before. Ultimately, we've split and we've gone with ego and identity. Mm -hmm. And when we look at what the heart feels like, it's so funny because the G holds all the love. I mean, most language, you know, the heart would be love. But in HD, the G holds the love, the heart has more determination behind it. And when I think about another center to feel this in, it's your root center. Your root center is the closest energy that I think that you're going to have to the heart center because there's ambition in the root because there's drive in the root There's this pressure that tells you, I'm going forward. Okay. All I can do is go forward. I got power in me. It needs to come out. It's pulling me somewhere. It's gotta go somewhere. Um, you go into the gym, you can thank your root center for that because holy shit, without a gym, I would have no like, or without a root center, I'd have no interest in that kind of but you need to release a certain amount of energy. You need to release adrenaline energy, you need to release emotional energy. But your root is the is the power place for that. It's it's the it's the base of the whole design. It wants to go forward, whether it means take a step forward or have a baby so that there's a genetic imperative to move forward or get in your car and drive somewhere because you need to go forward. There's a momentum element that's always happening with the root. So this is your drive. This is where a lot of your ambition is going to come from. So I would tend to look specifically at your root channels and be like, where are you trying to take me? And because you've got these splits, we know most centers want to get to the throat. Every center wants to get to the throat to express itself, but you're disconnected. You got splits. You got adrenaline that's gonna go in your root. And I believe you can go either way. You can go to spleen and you can go to your emo center. But then what? Right? Like you're just gonna have some intense emotion sometimes backed by adrenaline. You're gonna have some intense splitting stuff backed by adrenaline. But then what? You have all this adrenaline that ultimately really wants to get to your throat and it and it can't. So it has to come out in other appropriate ways, like working out, driving. Fighting, sex, running, how do you want to let it out?
1: It's it's interesting because I, in 2014, that was the beginning of the self-development journey. And I speak a lot on uh, senior retention. I think it's something that is very beneficial for Oh, men. I'm
0: so interested in this. I love talking <laughs> about this.
1: It is, um, we, we, we're going to have to do a part two, man, because this is just, <laughs> I, I love this, but I will go into this uh, just a little bit for you. It, I wanted to break away from the conditions of oversexualizing women. And I found this, you know, I, I can show you my traveling library that's been with me. It's literally right there. Um, But I found this and I thought to myself, let me get comfortable with maintaining all of this energy and using it in different ways, because I'm not going to always be, I'm not going to always have access to sex. I'm not going to always have access to the gym, even though, you know, we have calisthenics. I'm not going to always have access to release how I would like to. However, if I can become comfortable with remaining in this high vibrational state and kind of keep it grounded, but it's still doing this thing at the same time Then I'm okay. That's not always the case because other factors come into play like I might get a very high rise in emotion. That emotion could be happiness. It could be ravenous. It could be, it could be sad. Recently within this past moon, it was ravenous. I, I'm I'm on the the, the end of this, the the slope end of this. I wanted to, I can't say it on here. Well, I'm choosing not to say it on here, but let's just say I had a very primal drive that lasted for a while. And I'm like, "Mm, this, this, this right here. So I had to find ways to get it out. So screaming into the pillow, very deep breathing within meditation helps from time to time, but it also helps release mental clarity as well. So introspection journaling helps me out a lot too. So if I'm not able to speak it, I'll write it. It's interesting though that you, you, you say that the, the root is that driving force. And then when you put senior retention on top of that, which is also, it's not just for the physical aspect, it's more importantly for the cognitive and spiritual aspects as well. But is interesting that those two combined, it's the closest thing to a limitless pill that you probably are going to get. And then me being so head-driven with trying to conceptualize it and control it, I'm going to be like, okay, well, let me just combine these two. I'm going to just be walking around, like just fully charged all the time. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to work through this because I have to type of energy. But it's, it's not always that easy, you know, because you, you, I'm not always able to find the appropriate ways of releasing this energy which is healthy for me so it'll we'll have to talk about that more it's interesting combining those two even though i didn't know i was doing it at
0: the time i cannot tell you how many male clients i have that practice this that (laughs) i don't know if i mess everything up for them at the end of their session because i'm like what the fuck are you doing that for oh sorry I love to swear Are you. Explicit. Uh oh.
1: No, you, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, O-E. e. It's all e. Just be you. I love it.
0: Okay. You got. You have an undefined sacral center. You're gonna pick up sacral conditioning, whether it's from transits, whether it's from the chick sitting behind you in line somewhere. Like it, you're gonna pick up sacral stuff all the time. And we tell people to unload these centers. Get rid of it. You don't need that energy. Sacral energy. When it's in your body, it's not not necessarily yours. It doesn't belong to you. You're not. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I talk about mechanical masturbation all the fucking time. Mechanical Mm -hmm. orgasms. I love mechanical orgasms. They take 30 seconds. As soon as I'm done, I'm like, did I just come? I don't know. I didn't really feel that. But I think I feel better. I think I feel less stressed. It's not the same as when you're really intimately connecting with somebody and it's like some time goes by and you have an orgasm where you're like, I felt that one, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You felt that one. That's different. I understand. I understand reserving that energy for that. But from a, from a mechanical place, if I feel too much sacral energy, I'm a projector. I need a nap. You ever go to nap and it's like that second you go to relax, you got a boner? And you're like, what the fuck is that about?
1: <laughs> All the time. It's raging. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, it's 1130 at night and it's like full blown, 100%, five yeah. feet in the air. You're like, I-,
0: I You're going to uh, sleep. Uh, what, you want to roll over on that thing? No, get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> As a projector, like how the heck? Honestly, I, I'll be honest. I, I couldn't take most of my naps if I didn't come beforehand because there's too much energy in my body. Mm-hmm. It's not like a fun, erotic, anything. It's like, just get it out, get it done. It's mechanics, get back to work. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I understand wanting to, like, channel, I don't even know, I, honestly, I think there is, I think there is such a, I think a lot of this is going to go back to spiritual shame around the fact that you're supposed to be in partnered relationships to explore your own sexuality, and that it's your partner's responsibility to, or not even responsibility, but that there's something not okay about having your own sexuality. You're supposed to reserve that energy for your partner. Uh, You're not supposed to explore that with too many people. Um, Yeah, like you even even brought up women in the beginning of like, what does that have to do with you masturbating? Books. Right? Like, yeah, you said like women aren't always going to be available for no, they're not. But you can play with it whenever you want, <laughs> <laughs> and you probably should. It's going to keep you healthy and regulated. No chick wants to go on a date with you when you haven't jerked off for six months. You know the pressure we're going to feel from that. Like, You're going to be like, you're
1: like, "Yo, like you, you good?" <laughs> like,
0: I can feel your aura. Can you go deal with it, please?
1: <laughs> come back to me when, like, you have some at least, like, like twenty-five percent clarity, Mister. Because this, this right now, like. You're just, you're vibrating a little, just a little too high for me, just a little bit too high for me. That's an interesting. I way. know.
0: Man, there's so many interesting things about semen retention. Like, are we going to talk about like the value of your sperm and that you shouldn't be wasting it because there's that idea that comes into it too. There's
1: that, yeah. It's it's you're a it's a whole people. deal. Yeah, it's always ancient practice. Yeah, and I understand now why it's so prevalent within our generation today for men because there really isn't a transition from boy to man like how there was back then so this is kind of like the new-aged way of getting teenagers to to focus more on teenage men to focus more on their purpose and their drive and everything so i understand that aspect with it but like you said if you're a projector and you just have all this energy that you really aren't innately equipped to carry around then remove that go focus that energy somewhere else it's probably more productive over there in that early.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think there's a, there's going to be a lot of projector men who are going to be conditioned by generator men. And I think if we're talking about generator men, that's different. I think generator men will have an entirely different conversation about semen retention. And I yes. think projector men are in their own category. Same with manifestor men, different category. You're non-sacral. you got to unload that energy. Otherwise, it becomes someone else's problem or it becomes damaging to your own body. And yes, sure. there are other ways that you can let this out. Go to the gym. Like, there are ways you can let out this energy, but. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not the same.
1: <laughs> it's like, like, like yeah, you know I mean? You can only play guitar for so long. Like, you can only stay in the gym until, like, your muscles are like, yo, we're dead. Like, we can't do anything. We need you to go do something else.
0: Yeah, well, ironically, I bet your dick still works when you're that tired. Yes. <laughs> Man, I'm vulgar right now. I gotta be careful.
1: That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I love it. I love it. Um, Listen, everybody, we, we've gone for a minute now. Uh, we are actually approaching the, uh, the time slot that we have for this, but I appreciate it because Sam is a lady of very profound words, but once she's done speaking, then, you know, that, that, that's it. <laughs> to catch her tomorrow and <laughs> catch her 10 minutes from now, maybe catch her an hour from now after a nap and then she might be able to give you a few more words. But if she's willing to, and, and if she feels called to, we can definitely do a part two to dive more into the foundation of the human design for you all. And then if she feels called to, we can also express a little bit about our chart and how we interject, how can I say this? How we are in alignment with each other energetically, if that makes sense. That, that may be the correct one, which I think you all may be appreciative of that. Um, please, Sam, let the people know where they can find you. Also, she has her podcast too, as well. So, too. yes, let the people know where they, where they can find you, get in contact with you. If they want a reading done, if they want to just say hello, if they want to listen to you, go into mom mode, switch back into
0: guide <laughs>
1: guru mode. Let the people know.
0: All right. Well, if you want to hear me prattle on more about human design, I have my own podcast. It's a new narrative. It's basically talk therapy for human design. It's all on streaming platforms. I'm also at my website, samzagart.com, And my Instagram handle is at samzagart. It's all insanely easy to find.